Warning, you are about to enter a world populated by the most appalling music ever made. Welcome to the search for the worst album of all time. This is Broken Records. But I hadn't been forgotten, I Joe. I'd been married a long time ago. Saint Bango. <laughs> a girl with kaleidoscope eyes. <laughs> You're beautiful. Hello, welcome to episode 64 of Broken Records, a podcast which searches for the worst album ever made in the history of music. My name is Stephen Hill. I'm already finding this week's show really funny. We haven't even done anything yet. We haven't actually done anything. Renfrey Dedman's here. He's laughing as well. I was, just, I was just reading over my notes and, and my, my mm. eye swept across some of the lyrics to this record and I just started <laughs> laughing and you started laughing as well. So yes, uh, yeah. Uh, should be a good week this week i think we're gonna have quite a good good fun time this week uh as i said this is part of the right act podcast you can listen to renfrey and i talking about serious alternative music every week wherever (laughs) you find this podcast but this is not what this is this is as i said where where we try and find the worst album ever made in history these albums are not picked by us they are picked from the fan reaction, the critical reception to the record, some sort of context around the record, and maybe just because the record itself is just so unbelievably ridiculous. Unbelievably ridiculous. So, um, yeah, maybe that's what we've got on this week's show, because, oh, what a rush. That's not Match Around Randy Savage, that's the Legion of Doom. But uh, we're going to be doing Be A Man. Same thing, isn't the it? The debut studio album from the late professional wrestling legend, the macho man Randy Savage, released on the 7th of October 2003. Before we get into macho madness, and fuck me, there's some <laughs> madness on this record. Let's count down the flop 20, the 20 worst albums that we have covered on the show thus far. Starting at number 20 with Slick Dogs and Ponies by Louis XIV, followed by Queen and Paul Rogers, The Cosmos Rocks, United Nations of Sound by Richard Ashcroft, Mr. Blobby, The Album, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, Original Soundtrack, Eog and Quig by Eog and Quig, Six Feet Unders, Graveyard Classics Volume 2, Towers of London's Blood, Sweat and Towers, Vanilla Ice is Hard to Swallow, Cut the Crap by The Clash, Angelic to the Core by Corey Feldman, The Shags with The Philosophy of the World, Arsehole by Gene Simmons, Total Zanarchy by Little Zan, Blood on the Dance Floor with Bad Blood, Methods of Mayhem by Methods of Mayhem, The Concerto in True Minor by the True Symphonic Orchestra, Uncle Crackers Double Wide, Crazy Frog Presents Crazy Hits at number two, and still at number one, Broken Side, I'm not a fan, but the kids like it, and also Unranked, Chinese Democracy by Guns N' Roses. The previously, the most mental album probably that we had worked on but Ooh, Corey, any... Fel- Corey Feldman Corey Feldman yeah I mean I was just saying that for grab to give Randy oh, sure. Randy Savage some gravitas but yes Be A Man by Randy Savage on the 7th of October 2003 the long-awaited debut <laughs> solo album <laughs> from Randy Mario Poffo or as he was known in the ring the macho man or the macho king depending on what era you watched wrestling. One of the most recognisable faces in the World Wrestling Federation during what is known as the golden era of the company. Um, you don't 
like wrestling or you never really got into wrestling Renfrew would that be fair to say that I I would say I'm indifferent to to wrestling I I, I kind of understand it's appeal I do understand it's appeal not even kind of Mm. I understand it's appeal but um, I just I just never particularly got into it I did I don't know why my lunchboxes keep coming up on this fucking show, <laughs> but I did actually have a WWF. It was WWF at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. uh, lunchbox with Hulk Hogan, um, British Bulldog, and yeah. I think the Ultimate Cricket. Warrior. I c- mm. Yeah, could have been. I yeah. might. I might be wrong on the last one, okay. but um, but should yeah, should have fact checked this. Really, I'm so sorry. Really come into this and not know who was on the front of a WWF lunchbox <laughs> from the early nineties. That's I mean very I think... unprofessional for a, mu- a so-called music journalist <laughs> to not know about WWF lunchboxes. <laughs> the, the, the lunch, the lunchbox is long gone. I'm afraid, um, but I remember it. Be, it was blue. Mm. I hope that okay. adds to it um, in, in the picture in your mind. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, but no, I was just, I was, I mean, as a kid, when I probably would have had the most interest in wrestling, mm-hmm. um, I didn't have any access to any of the satellite channels or anything like that. And there's no way that stuff was getting uh, shown on terrestrial. So it was just sort it wasn't of really, no. one, one of those scenarios but i'm i'm aware of macho man randy savage and i'm aware that he was a very flamboyant character in a um in a in a style of wrestling that is incredibly flamboyant to begin with but he, car- he he stood out even in that world as far yeah, as I'm uh, he is regularly considered the greatest intercontinental champion ever for the world wrestling federation uh he won the wwf title at wrestlemania 4 uh, in 1988 at trump plaza and then lost it yeah. a year later after the he mega powers the mega powers imploded he mentions in, that uh, wrestlemania 5 he mentions that win at trump plaza on this record of course he did he, he did yeah of course he would he lost to his former tag team partner hulk hogan who's pretty much one of the ah. only people in wrestling who was more famous than him uh, at that point in the 80s because he was a big deal and when i got into wrestling so i <laughs> considering I have a real kind of soft spot for WWF around, or WWE as it is now, but but like the World Wrestling Federation at that period. Even though we really, can call it WWF because that's what it's called. Call it at WWF, the time. Yeah, yeah, we'll call it WWF yeah, yeah. from from this point. And and I um I got into it really really heavily, even though I didn't have the satellite channels and everything okay i i got into it really really heavily and started buying a load of vhs's of it and stuff because uh-huh. my mate recorded the survivor series 1991 mm-hmm. right and brought it around my house once and i watched it and funnily enough i mean actually i have a real kind of soft spot for wrestling considering i actually was only into it for probably about 18 months of my life. It happened really, really quickly, but it felt like a long time. And I consumed quite a lot of it in that period because it was, as a as a sort of 11, 12-year-old kid, it was so fucking OTT and so over the top. But yeah. the first thing I ever watched, I think I've said this a few times before, but the first thing I ever watched was Survivor Series 1991. At the start of it, they recapped what had been going on. Mm-hmm. And Macho Man Randy Savage who was I don't I can't believe I'm doing a big wrestling catch up but I never thought would this would happen <laughs> but uh, he he lost a career ending match at Wrestlemania 7 okay. to the Ultimate Warrior so uh, he was okay. on commentary yes. only and he was reinstated just before the Survivor Series because 
he was having a feud with Jake the Snake Roberts. And the first thing I ever saw was Macho Man Randy Savage being bitten by a snake. Um, he went into a ring to attack Jake Roberts, who had a sort of King Cobra out, and it, like a real snake, Renfrey. Right. I mean, you know, look, I know wrestling's fake. We all know wrestling's fake, right? We all know mm. it's not, they're not real things. But still, that's a real snake. Mm. And Macho Man Randy Savage allowed a real snake to actually bite his actual arm and must have known that, that was going to happen. And then he was reinstated to face Jake the Snake Roberts, which. I mean, unlike Vince McMahon, I do think that snake had been devenomized because that's. I don't think that snake's been devenomized. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I remember from the commentary. I, the Macho Man. I don't think that snake's been devenomized. And he, but he, but still, right? You go to work. What are you doing at work today? Oh, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna be wearing lime green lycra tights and a top hat and a pink shirt, and I'm gonna go and pretend to beat a man up, but he's gonna grab me. And I'm going to get bitten by a real life snake. It's going to chew on my arm as I'm tied up in the ropes. It's a weird job, isn't it? I do. I mean, actually, just, uh, and uh, you know, I don't even have a, um, I don't even have a, a, a bull in this race. What's that phrase that I'm trying to say? A frog in this car. <laughs> I don't even have a frog in this car. But just to defend <laughs> wrestling a bit and the whole wrestling is fake argument. Um, what people mean by that is wrestling is predetermined. But in terms of like the injuries that uh, wrestlers sustain and stuff, and and you know, it, it, yeah, it's done yeah. in a way which where they're going to be as safe as possible. But you know, I, you just need to watch that uh, the, the wrestler film. I do realise that the wrestler is a fictional account, but it, it is a very accurate representation of not WWE style wrestling necessarily, but it's an accurate representation of the injuries that one can sustain mm-hmm. through you know. Um, through doing that night after night after night after night and absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah I, like the, the, i think the wrestling is fake thing argument kind of really does miss the point it's a soap opera you know like yeah it's a it's a and, macho soap opera and it was massive in the 80s absolutely Huge. fucking massive i mean it's massive now but it was, was insanely th- insanely massive I'd say in it went into the early nineties. I say it went into the early nineties as well. It did, that, yeah, that I mean, I, period. I felt like I mean, certainly in this country, because um, I love Macho Man Randy Savage. I, in fact, he faced off against the, in the main event of SummerSlam nineteen ninety two at Wembley Stadium against the Ultimate Warrior, which yeah. I went to. No way! I went. I was there. I was there at SummerSlam ninety two, and it Wembley was great, Stadium. You said Wembley. Sta- they sold out wow. Wembley Stadium. I don't Brett know Hart what it's a British bulldog. I don't know what the cap is with that, but I'm guessing like 70, 80, it was over 80,000. 80,000. Wow. That's incredible. Mm. Wow. So it's a lot of people. I think in the US people were saying that, you know, it did it tailed off a little bit around the early 90s when okay. when the new when the new generation happened. I mean, that's when I sort of started getting out of it. But um I mean, quite soon after SummerSlam 92, I did lose interest in it, in it a little bit, but I I, I, I loved it. I fucking loved it. For a little period, I bought loads of all the old videos. Every Christmas, every birthday, I would be fucking banging to WWF. And we went to SummerSlam. And my mate Mark, um, shout out Mark, for dropping his camera on the way, on the Ultimate Warrior. His mum had said, get a picture of the Ultimate Warrior coming down to the ring. And Mark dropped his camera as he was coming down. And he spent most of the... Randy Savage versus 
Albert Warrior match crying because he didn't get a picture for his mum <laughs> and he'd broken his camera. Oh, poor Mark. <laughs> That's what I remember. Uh, quite a lot of it. Mark, you idiot. Um, well, this episode yeah, is dedicated to you, Mark. Yeah, it is, Mark. But, you know, we're not really here to talk about wrestling. <laughs> or Mark. Or Mark. No, uh, although he will come up again in a minute. Okay. We're here to talk about music. And we have to go back again to really to my time of um, the WWE. Before we get to this album, we're here to discuss madly, I think, also something that's worth bringing up from around this time as context is um, a, a worse album than the actual one we're going to cover today, which was, you know, the WWF was so big at that point that you could get lunchboxes and figures and dolls and pillows and duvet covers Video and all that shit. Yep. So, of course, they were going to release an album back then as well. As, um, as you did when you were sort of mad, crazy, over a thing back then. Yep. Mr. Blobby. Whatever. Anything that was big. Zig and Zag, didn't they? They did a single as well. They everyone, did a everyone, single, yeah. Everyone, everyone did a thing, didn't they? Everyone did a, did a single. If you were big, you just got to do a, a single. Remember the, the woman from Driving School did a cover of <laughs> Driving <in> Michael? <laughs> yeah. She, even she got to do a single. So, I mean, oh, you know. Fuck, she did, big, didn't she? She did, she did Driving in My Car by Madness. That. About that. Imagine and buying that. Weirdly, I mean, for a podcast that goes on about how wonderful the 90s was and it was in many ways i suppose one of the negative things about the 90s is do you think the early 90s was the beginning of that novelty single of like i oh i i think it was the i think there were a few before because if you look back like you know agadu and shit in the 80s and i guess so you yeah. know the spitting image had a number one didn't they That's star, true. star trek in as well across the universe um, although that was unofficial yeah. Doct- i don't know if that counts but sure well it's still a novelty single isn't it yes yes it's a fine, fine, fine. and you know doctor who by the Doctor Who, hey, it was just Gary Glitter mixed with Doctor Who. Oh right, that well was it? I'm not sure if I know that. Okay, yeah, well, I wouldn't. wouldn't <laughs> I'm not going to be in a rush to check it out. No, so. no, don't worry. Um, but anyway, so the WWF have made a few albums, but the one that saw them hit the charts here in the UK was 1993's WrestleMania, the album, which was handled by Stock Aiken and Waterman, those tacky as fuck chart toppers of the 1980s everything that kind of got that was tacky and crap about the 80s was usually produced by stock aiken and waterman uh your thoughts on stock aiken and waterman oh god i don't have any i don't i mean um it's the it's a large part of the beginning of this manufactured pop phase which to Mm. me is where i lose any interest in pop for almost a decade probably a little bit longer and it led to the Mm. x factor and all that stuff i mean i am not a fan of it personally at all um that said just prior to this recording you were playing a little bit from that album and a flood of memories came back to me when I heard that, whoa, whoa, WrestleMania. WrestleMania. And then what's the next lyric? Genesis of life. Pump it up, pump it up. <laughs> Genesis of life. Yeah, definitely. Nah, definitely Genesis of life. Go with that. What? I mean, that is exactly what I mean. It's just like, that's sort of the beginning of that, like, just, that doesn't even mean anything. It's just fucking stupid. It sounds so, good, I suppose, but it's WrestleMania uh, got to number fourteen on the UK singles chart. Well, we should say, by the way, one of the producers of that album was Simon Cowell. Yeah, I, 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 I Simon didn't, Cowell. Again, you told me that prior to this recording, and and I didn't know that, but I wasn't surprised by that in the slightest. But yeah, the b- bigger villain than the Undertaker in the studio that whole time. Mental. So. Um, WrestleMania got to number 14 on the UK singles chart. Uh, 
and you know what the, the omnipresence of the song I, i'm actually surprised it didn't get higher but but well, I, I i i think it's because they used the likes of the nasty boys and hacks or jim duggan in that rather than the people they used in the the, the, the first single this was the second single oh. from the album we'll talk about the first single in, in a okay. second um but i do like wrestlemate you like you flooding back you like it oh in a nostalgic sense yeah, yeah. i mean I, I don't know if i could sit here and go yes it's objectively a f- fantastic song <laughs> no but but no. but in a nostalgic sense it, it gives me a warm glow sure yeah we used to have a, a teacher at school called mrs waterer and we used to sing whoa whoa mrs waterer <laughs> uh-uh. i'm actually know, love that she didn't know what it was <laughs> But we did. We thought it was really, really funny. <laughs> Genesis of life, Mrs. Waterer. <laughs> um, but the oh. first single, and Randy Savage appears on a few songs on WrestleMania, the album. Okay. The first single uh, from that record got to number four in the UK singles chart, oh. featuring Randy Savage. Um, just after the SummerSlam came out, it is Slam Jam. Slam Do you remember... Jam. S- Slam Jam was the big single from that record. Do you remember Slam Jam? Can you, uh, is, is there a hook yes, that you can, can sing to me? <laughs> yes, I can. I'm glad you asked, actually, Renfrey, because I'm willing to sing the whole song. Now, before you do, <laughs> right, I'll tell you why I know Slam Jam so well. It's not even until I like rest. It's my 13th birthday, right? I want you to remember this. My thir- this is what happens. The day before my 13th birthday, it was a Friday night, and I had a sleepover with... Some of my friends came over for like a party and we had a sleepover. And my mama said, you can, you can open one present before, you know, your birthday. Before, yeah, yeah, the night before. And, it, yeah. and it's this, this present. And she bought me Royal Rumble 1990 on video. Right. So everyone slept, everyone slept over, we watched Royal Rumble 1990. And we were watching it. About six or seven of my mates in the house were watching Royal Rumble 1990. And my mum came into the room this is real right it's a little 13 like on the verge of my 30th birthday and she went steve can you come into the other room quickly please and i went to the other room and she called me and she said your granddad's just died and my granddad died the day before my 13th birthday oh and i was sad i sort of went in again and i was like oh i told my friends they're like oh i had a little cry i was quite upset and then my dad came around the next day and we were going to the on my birthday and we were going to the pyramids in portsmouth my dad poor you know he's just left lost his his father you know, his dad and everything and he's had to take me Darren Hutchins Mark Edens who else would it have been Gwilym Cook <laughs> Robert Tyler probably Robert Tyler as well oh yeah and Robert Tyler, <laughs> Robert Tyler yeah and um, he took us all to Pizza Hut and he took us all to the pyramids but he was a bit sad but he bought me a tape of hits right uh, bought, a cassette like, a tape sort of uh, 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 an audio cassette tape, tape yeah. cassette tape of like Hits 93 or something like that. One of those just sort of standard things on it. Yes. And it had like... A compilation, like, you mean? had a compilation. It had like East 17s on it. I think there's a Take That song. There was a few other things that I quite liked. But Slam Jam was on it. And to lighten the mood for my 13th birthday, which has become a kind of a sad 13th birthday, we played Slam Jam on repeat from Overton to Portsmouth. How long a drive is that? An hour and ten minutes. (laughs) (laughs) And I think we must have listened to Slam Jam 
15 times. <laughs> okay. And now looking back, I think my dad's sort of emotional torment of like probably not really wanting to go out, but having to do something because it's his son's birthday and take his kids to like swim in and then take them to Pizza Hut. Mm. And I thought he was probably thinking this is actually quite a hard day for me. And then having to listen to Slam Jam 15 times on the car on the way down. So give us a verse or meant, a chorus or something. But it's meant, so it basically starts with a little... And then Bret Hart goes, the World Wrestling Federation today. And then we get a little guitar riff. And it goes... And then the sort of beat kicks in again. And then it all sort of drops out, and there's it just, and then you get oh. the wrestlers. So you get Bret Hart going, the hitman, the besser is, the besser was, and the besser ever will be. Oh, yeah, Randy Savage, unbelievable, yeah. I'm the British Bulldog, and you're going down, the Undertaker says, <laughs> slam. I think it's the fight you make, slam. It's a slam jam. Oh, 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 oh. everybody wants to pump. With the British Bulldog. Yeah, well, the Hitman bends, but the Hitman does not break. Slam Jam, thank you, ma'am. This is a macho man. Oh, yeah. The Undertaker says, slam. And the Undertaker, he only says, I thought the Undertaker went in and he went, I'm only doing one line. Oh, can you do two lines? Because there's two. Everyone else is doing two lines. And the Undertaker went, no. I'm going to say the Undertaker says, slam. And that's all I'm going to say. And then there's a rap that goes, we're the cream, we roll like a team, but every real team needs a theme, so here it is for all the good, the bad, and the ugly. And then there's some like Mario Kart coin noises, and they've just chimed, so here I am, the man to get with the jam or slam, I'll pick up the phone man, pumping, drying, something, something, roll like a lion, pound for pound, round for round, mama said, mama said, take you out and pump it, thump it, slump it, get with the jam. I'm slam the fight you make slam. It's a slam jam. Oh, and then it sort of goes out with people just going, Randy Savage. Oh yeah, the Undertaker and Bret Hart going the excellence of it's. It's very good. Hmm. Yeah, I don't remember that. Oh, sorry. That not ring any bells? Any of that? <laughs> not really. No. Um, do you want me to do it? It, 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 it No, no, it's fine. Uh, no, it does ring a bell uh, vaguely. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, yes. I, oh, I, oh, I recall it uh, perfectly now. Yes, I could do it myself, but I'm not going to. It's uh, it's funny how your brain remembers these things. And it is, isn't it? Mm. Even though I hadn't listened to Slam Jam until we started doing research for this, I hadn't listened to Slam Jam. Was it played at your grandfather's funeral? 25 years. <laughs> By me in the car 12 times <laughs> on the way there. Yeah. But it's weird because I was Sorry, like, I fucking thing. know this. I know there are things like I can't remember like my NHS number or my tax return for my government gateway tax return. Like I can't remember. <laughs> like, someone will say something to me and I'll go, I don't remember that happening at all. But I can remember the the rap to Slam Jam. Yeah, yeah. Hey, why? Don't know. Why? What's Don't the know. Point? Yeah. Anyway, so Slam Jam came out, big hit. Sowing the seeds, thinking there's something clicked inside Randy Savage's head. Oh, I sound better than I'm definitely better than the Undertaker at this singing lark. And he gets a solo on the album as well. Now I ask you to listen to this song, Renfrey. It's called "Speaking from the Heart." Mm. <laughs> He gets your heart a-pumping. He gets the party jumping. 
he's the macho man. <laughs> and Randy Savage starts going, I'll be there for you, yeah, the macho man, yeah. Um, what did you think of this song, Renfrey? Uh, <laughs> what, objectively? Mm. Um, I, thought, I thought it was very reminiscent of a lot of... Um, of some of the rest of the record, really. Uh, the the again, he looks absolutely amazing in the video. Um, he's got he's got the gear that I recall him being in, like um, that sort of the the yellow outfit thing he's wearing yeah. for a bit of it. Um, what did I think of it? I was bemused and completely <laughs> confused. I don't, I don't know what you want me to say. <laughs> It's a funny old thing. It's, it's a, a funny, funny old thing, to say the least. It's, and I'll tell you what, I listened to a bit of WrestleMania, the album. It's far from the worst thing on that record, I have to say. Oh, far really? Far from it. I mean, right. when you've got shit like Hacks or Jim Duggan doing USA, or Nasty Boys Stomp by the Nasty Boys, yeah. or just Tatunka Native American by Tatunka, who's not a Native American, by the way, he's just a bloke right? who's slightly tanned. But right. they dressed him up in feathers and shit, and we're like, "Oh, you're a you're, you're a Native Indian. American, Mal. You're a Native American, uh, and yet yeah, fine. That was how Vincent Mann used to roll right. back in those days, and probably still wants to roll these days. I don't really know. I don't really pay that much attention to it. But yeah, what a funny little curio. But obviously, it meant that Randy Savage was a top ten hit making. <laughs> recording artist yeah yeah it's very funny like i mean it's particularly funny the songs not just that song but the songs on this album where he he speaks from the heart so to speak Mm. but then at the same time his his image uh, just just i would imagine any wrestler's image and speaking from the heart are kind of at odds with each other anyway because they're these such these you know macho man randy savage Mm. It, it it just it's just odd. He's, there's only really two things that he wants, or th- sort of three things that he wants to convey in, on this record. We're going to talk about, which is the fact that he's back. He likes fighting people, but he also he's is got a, a sensitive compa- side, got a compassionate lover. Um, <laughs> yes, that's exa- those are the three songs, and it's just that it just A B C's them all the way through this record. Mostly B, to be honest. It but is mostly. Anyway, B, we'll get into yeah. that. So anyway, um. Uh, in 1984, Randy Savage left the World Wrestling Federation to join WCW, Ted Turner's WCW, and he won the title uh, within a year. I never watched WCW, and I kind of stopped caring about wrestling at this point. So, you know, I uh, I grew up a little bit amongst other things. Amongst my friends who were really, really into wrestling, WCW was sort of seen at, at the time as like the the crappy version of WWF, which is probably harsh, but but it. It well, was seen as the also ran. They went on and you know spent a lot of money, and they won. The, well, they didn't win, but they topped. They toppled WWF at one point during the the Monday Night Wars. I do vaguely recall that I know, actually. Yeah. I know all about it. I know all about this stuff. I don't actually want to watch the thing about wrestling. Is I'm interested in the story of it all. I don't. I just don't really want to watch the actual wrestling. Mm. Mm. You like the you like the soap opera aspect. I do, yeah. I like. I want them to bring. See, I, I've you know I've got access to WWE now, and I'm like, I don't want to watch this because it's just a man in his pants. 
I was thinking they, they, when they put a shirt over top of, you know, they put, they've got their shorts. Mm. It just looked like they'd forgotten to get dressed properly, I think. You know, <laughs> you see a wrestler coming down and he's in a t-shirt, but he's also in pants. Mm. I'm like, have you just, you just look like you've forgotten to put your trousers on, mate. Yeah, so it's yeah. a funny look. But when they're called stuff like, you know, Kevin Brooks and stuff, I'm like, well, what is he? Is he a dentist or something? No, he's not. He's not. I want, you know, I, I liked it when they were really weird, really weird. Like The Undertaker is a great character. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. He's a great character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Repo Man is not such a good character, admittedly. But I'll take the Repo Man over. So Repo Man, he dressed like a Repo Man, like a sort okay. of burglar. And he would repossess you. He'd like tie you up and repossess you. one. Uh, okay. Well, a, yeah. Were they running out of ideas then? I think they were. But weirdly, that is far from the worst idea that they came up with. During oh, really? That oh, my There's goodness like, me. Uh, I have just... Draws the dumpster duke, who's a, a bin man. I'm sorry. There's I've a guy just, who I've, I've just cleaned Googled, the I've just Googled well. Repo Man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Repo Man. Yeah, good music, though. That's the other thing. I used to, like, I used to quite like some of the intro music. Repo Man. Repo Man. That was Re- his music. Re- Repo Man is wearing a a, mar- a like, body suit. Well, yeah. well, he's wearing like um, it's a grey. It looks like a uh, one of those flasher Mac things. Yeah. It looks like he's about to flash some children in a park, mm-hmm. and he's wearing <laughs> a uh, mask across his face, reminiscent of like the bat- the sixties TV Batman era kind mm-hmm. of like Robin's mask there, and uh, trying to look hard. And uh, he just looks silly. Goodness me! You said there was he someone who, someone who washed, who, who cleaned the toilet. There was, there was a, a toilet cleaner character. I can't remember what he was called off the top of my head now. The there was Droz the dumpster duke, who was a bin man. There was Isaac Yankum, <laughs> DDS, fuck? who was a, who was a, a dentist. There was um, Max Moon, who was a spaceman. <laughs> No. <laughs> yeah. They're fucking all kinds of shit was going on. Doink the Clown. I actually think Doink the Clown was a pretty good character for a bit. And then he got a bit friendly. He got Dink, who was like a sort of mini version of him. I cannot believe we're talking about wrestling. Oh, my so God. Much. I mean, I Max, fucking love Max it. Max Moon looks like a Tron reject. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently, that's the, most ex- that's the most expensive outfit the WWF had ever made until that point. I've. It looks awful. Yeah, it does look awful. Oh yeah. my! I mean, I God. I wasn't really watching. I'm well, not really. I wasn't watching it at this point. Mm. But um, WWF sort of went down here and started getting all these lot. And WCW got Macho Man Randy Savage. We used to have funny names for all the the wrestlers, like Million Dollar Man Ted Diabetes, <laughs> rather than Ted DiBiase. Bad Breath Brown. We used to call Bad News Brown. We were a funny bunch. Yes. Mrs. Waterer. That. <laughs> Slam jam. It was a fucking great time. Me and my mate, we have a we were a great bunch of lads, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Happy days. Could be more. Could be more pleased. Um. Uh, anyway, yeah. So uh, WCW started getting all the all the big all the big people. Anyone listening who knows wrestling, there are two types of people listening to this: people who already know this and people who don't care. <laughs> so let's move on. <laughs> Um, so Randy Savage vanished from WCW in the year 2000 and sort of vanished from public life completely for a little bit Um, I always had quite fond memories as I said of of the the wrestling era that I paid attention to so I was delighted to see Macho Man Randy Savage turning up in the first Spider-Man film in 2002 
<laughs> you like you like that? Yeah, he has a cameo. Um, I'd I'd forgotten about it until redoing this, and uh, again, he mentions it on this song. <laughs> yeah, Bone Saw McGraw. He played. In That's right, Spider Man. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he actually had a sort of a wrestling match with Toby. Maguire. He has a wrestling match with Toby Maguire. I think I believe like Toby Maguire's trying to get. Mm-hmm. like strong and stuff so he goes to yeah. rather than going to the gym he goes to yeah. <laughs> wrestling match and tries to wrestle people i don't know uh, how does that i've never seen that actually happen in it's not very kayfabe is it for some kid to just turn up and get uh like invited into the ring to just get beaten up uh i don't know i mean like more amateur wrestling rings i, d- I don't know it's like an Maybe. open mic for uh wrestling i don't know well, i have no idea if that's i have or not. no idea i have no idea um, but then anyway, from nowhere, from literally from nowhere, it seems, this album, I couldn't find that much of a story behind it at all, really. It just sort of seemed to appear. Randy Savage just picks up the mic. Um, it I has, found... the, the Wikipedia entry, to give a, a, a little bit of background on this, has is one sentence, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's literally one yeah, sentence. And the tr- so. tr- track listing. I found an interview from Complex Magazine with Larry Poffo, who is the Matchman's bro- brother, who was the genius in the WWF back in the day. Do you remember the genius? I don't. Sorry. So he was no. a ma- he was a man who he would do a poem. He was more of a manager, really. He managed the Beverly Brothers. He would do a poem. <laughs> He'd do a poem before, like roses are red, violets are blue, kind of thing. Or yeah, um, what? <laughs> But but it would be like a cuss sort of. Poem, okay, you know, okay. So he'd come on and Roses go. Roses are red. Fuck oh, you. So fuck you. The yeah. the brothers Beverly and he'd be in a he'd be in a uh, tunic and a, he'd have a the the what's it called the the mortarboard. The okay. Hat. Oh okay okay. And you get you know when you graduate from yep, yep, university no, yeah he, he was all in that regalia and he okay. was and supposed then, to be and then he'd do and a he'd poem. do a sort of and he'd held he had a steel um, scroll. Which he right. would hit people with a in a steel scroll in a heelish move. He would hit Brutus above a beefcake or whoever with that. Okay, cool, great. I feel like I missed out on this. Yeah, it was all right. Anyway, he says he was good. I think actually he was quite good. He says uh, of his brother, he was also having a bit of delusions of grandeur. He thought he was going to sell fifty million CDs, and then. He was doing it as a comeback. He hadn't been on television for years. It was like he was reinventing himself. That's what he says uh, of that. He also claims that Randy loved hip-hop and this wasn't a cash-in. There's a little piece that I want to read um, from this um, from this uh, article that says, Big Three Records handled the entire projects at their St. Petersburg facilities. While the label declined to participate in this piece quite telling mm. we are told that many of the personnel who worked on the project are still with big three a look at the album's line notes shows plenty of their then roster was involved with the background vocals being provided either by girl duo Aja or r&b outfit primary colors primary colors who are a sort of boy one of like a a blue style boy band who i'd never heard of before this but i did have a little look at them and they're pretty cheesy they spelt primary colors p-r-y M A R Y C O L O R Z. Oh, God. Primary <laughs> colours with a Y and a Z. Oh, God. Jesus. Fucking hell. 
<laughs> yeah. The only non-big three artists involved with the project is DJ Cool of, of Let Me Hear My Throat, Let Me Clear My Throat Frame, who joined Savage for Hit the Floor, the album's second single, which legitimately sounds like an early 2000s club banger that just so happens to have Macho Man Randy Savage rapping <laughs> on it. The majority of the production and co-writing is credited to The Rascals, again with a Z, a group who doesn't seem to release material outside of this project, but accompanied Savage during the album's promotional tours, which we will talk about again in a minute. Um, when the album was released, Macho Man was, <laughs> was interviewed by MTV at the VMA radio forum and said, I've never been humble in my whole career, so I'm not going to start now. Once again, the madness is running wild. October 7th is the launch. The album's called Be A Man. It's got 13 hits on there, and it's going to be rocking the house. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, it does, there's also, from this same piece, it says... If it seems a little random that Matcha Man, who has been wrestling professionally since 1975, would decide to pick up the mic, it is. Earlier this year, Savage was working with boxers in his hometown of St. Petersburg, Florida, and ran into Big Three Records chairman Bill Edwards, who was managing a local boxer at the time. The two hit it off, and Savage, who said he listens to Eminem, Run DMC, and LL Cool J, among others, jumped at the chance to express himself to the world through another medium. Just like anything else, it takes a little bit of adjusting, but I caught on pretty quick, he said, of working in the studio. Right now, I'm all about it. This is everything to me. We just had our first show in Florida. People felt good about it. There was a lot of energy. Now we're ready to take this thing on the road, man. I've been loving music all my life music's been a part of me now i'm going to put the power on we're going to rock the country we're going to rock the world he didn't he didn't do that unfortunately i also found an old clip of randy savage promoting the album on tv and he says everyone's writing a book and but i want to express myself with music so there were at this time you know uh bret hart's book and probably wouldn't have been uh, Mick um, Foley's book at that point but anyway yeah there were a lot of wrestlers writing books and he wanted to do it um, he also says that other rappers respect him and if you can <laughs> <laughs> really? and he said if you can bridge hip hop and wrestling then we all go up together uh, he also had a pop at Hulk Hogan in the interview proper beef he said he wanted to fight Hulk Hogan at Madison Square Garden at Wrestlemania 20 not wrestle fight he said I want to have a real the first time ever at Wrestlemania mm. there's a real fight he really doesn't like Hulk Hogan. So this so, is a genuine. This is a genuine beef. So mm-hmm. they were once tag team buddies. Ta- they were once a team partners. tag team mm-hmm. partners. Thank you. Um, and uh, they like it's not a fictional beef. No. Do you know? Lot- do we know what happened there or why? Well, I think there's a lot of things. I mean, nobody's not many people seem to like Hulk Hogan that much. Uh, oh, okay. He's got a bit oh, of right. a reputation of being a bit of a cunt oh right i didn't know this okay yeah okay well he's done some things in the last few years i mean he was actually taken off of wwe network for i believe four four three or four years like they not taken off completely but you know all mentions of him all big mentions of him were kind of hidden away which is mad considering he's wow massive because he said some pretty racist shit renfrey so there was that but also he um uh, apparently there's some stuff about uh Master Man's manager stroke partner Miss Elizabeth and Hulkster apparently there's some stuff that happened there as well okay don't really know what right particularly but okay. I think R- Savage seems to think something happened there's a lot of backstage shenanigans okay I, I mean I've sort of 
heard about a bit but i don't really know but anyway mm. he really genuinely doesn't like hulk hogan okay yeah so there you go um reviews wise there's not many reviews from this sputnik music gave it one star saying this album is a must own but only if you're paying less than ten dollars for it fucking ten dollars <laughs> it's ridiculous and dare i say surpasses the early hulk hogan albums of the early 90s real american that he may be but the hulkster can never compete with macho man that's a one star review <laughs> The nicest uh. one-star review ever. Uh, the only other review I could find was Rap Reviews gave it four out of ten, saying, this is a stupid album. I, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but Savage may be, may be smarter than we all think. One piece of advice for the Macho Man, though. You're not getting a match with Hogan, and no wrestling fan wants to see two men your age break what few unbroken bones in your body you have left. Be a man and let it go. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Good. Um... I did look on Amazon because I don't any reviews I could find. I looked on Amazon for, you know, trying to find a kind of um, an amusing review in the vein of the ones that we have with Mr. Blobby or yeah. Crazy Frog. Um, I found this one. This is probably the best one I found. It's uh, Brian Mayo gave it five stars and titled his review, Be a Man and Buy This Album. He says, as a white male growing up in a rural area, it was hard to find the right music to fit my life. Country was too redneck, rock too typical. Rap always interested me, but all the popular rap backs just sounded whack. It wasn't until 2013 <laughs> when my prayers were answered and former wrestler turned former rap fiend Macho Man Randy Savage dropped his rap-tastic debut, Be A Man, featuring 14 tracks of straight-up dope rhymes, all provided by Macho Man himself. From the blistering title track calling out that punk Hulk Hogan to the club thumping anthem hit the floor, this matcha man knows how to party. A lot of people diss me by using words like irony to justify my tastes. I don't know what metal has to do with it, but Be A Man is one of the best, if not the best, rap album to come out in ages. In today's world, we need a rapper who can pump up the fun and brighten our lives with his beats from the streets. I think it's time we need a rapper who isn't afraid to use the word but... Take that, Will Smith. The Macho Man has refined the game from the ground up, and Big Three Records should be proud to have him on their roster next to Rick Derringer and Treep Trick. The only beef I have for Macho Man is, it's been five years. Where's the follow-up? Um, that's kind of the funniest review I'd, I, I can find. Slightly, not really slightly disappointing. When, when, you, when, you're using, disappointing. when you're using irony and I don't see what metal's got to do with it, when, when that's one of your best jokes in the review, that's mm. quite bad. Yeah, now... You would have thought there'd be loads of mocking reviews of this. Yeah. And I did, just before we started, I was like, oh, I'll go on the YouTube video of it and see if there are any there. And there aren't. Mm. There are either people mm. going, this is sad, or there mm. are people going, oh, this is a lot better than I expected it to be, or people going, oh, man, I miss you, Randy Savage. Yeah, You're great. RIP, Randy Savage, yeah. So I guess this is what happens when you are a fictional character but you aren't a fictional character. Mm. Like where Randy Savage or Randy Poffo and where Macho Man ends and Macho Man Randy Savage begins, mm. I don't really know. But obviously, mm. people have a lot of love in their heart for Macho Man Randy Savage. And it's quite easy to slag off a CGI frog or, you know, a man in a pink suit and make these kind of outlandish, stupid, hilarious claims about him. But it seems that people don't really want to do that when it's uh, somebody who they have genuinely fond childhood memories of. Yeah. Sort of doing whatever it is that Randy Savage is doing here. 
which well, we're just about to get into. It's not going to stop us. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Well, apparently, yeah, apparently it sold 7,000 copies worldwide. That sounds so about right. Just off the 15 million that he, <laughs> just shy of the 15 million that he wanted. Um, there is also, 50 Cent bigged it up on TV as well. There's a, a, really? a, there's, a, there's a segment on Fuse TV, which basically is Randy Savage at a festival backstage with his entourage door stopping <laughs> 50 Cent and just going up to him and giving him a copy of the album. So, you know, I've got a rap album and 50 Cent's like, oh, yeah, yeah. And then he says, you know, tell the people what you think of it. And bear in mind, he's literally been handed it two seconds ago. This is how much of a fucking sellout 50 Cent is. He goes, if you ain't got this, then you don't know what music is. (laughs) (laughs) You haven't even heard it. You didn't even know it existed until eight seconds ago. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking 50 Cent. Maybe that's one of the reasons he got shot. What a stupid (laughs) thing to say. Wow. Okay. It's like, you know, I do know what music is, actually, 50 Cent. <laughs> and I don't own this record. Can you, can you, you imagine? Eight, eight seconds ago, you didn't own this when record. When he put either. it on, he was like, oh, I really shouldn't have said that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've really embarrassed myself there. <laughs> anyway, I think this is where we get into the fun stuff, though. Renfrey, <laughs> what do you think of Be a Man by the Macho Man Randy Savage? <laughs> Where to start? Where to start? This is one of the... (laughs) Well, very quick overall. Um, This is one of the funniest albums we've done on Broken Records. I was crying with laughter listening to this record. Uh, In some moments, I couldn't quite believe what I was hearing. Um, And... I I don't I, 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 a lot of the time I couldn't really tell if I was laughing at or laughing with um, because I do feel that there's some sense of self awareness here maybe I don't know that might be giving that might be giving Macho Man too much credit I guess starting with the intro I mean the intro is effectively a, a load of different people expressing their shock or disdain. That Randy Savage is trying to rap, right? It's like, oh my god, a macho man, Randy Savage, and there's like a fake there's news one, broadcast. There's, there's one guy who goes, he hit that one guy in the head once. <laughs> he, he hit that one guy. Oh, you know Randy Savage? Yeah, he hit that one guy in the head once, <laughs> and he says it like that as well. He hit that one guy in the head well, once. There's well, a like, load. You don't know, do you, mate? <laughs> You haven't got a fucking clue who he is. There's a load of different voices. I mean, I assume they scripted this. Unless they just went up to people in the street. I don't fucking know. But the the guy... Yeah, I know Macho Man. <laughs> one goes, yeah, yeah, I know Macho Man. It's like, do you know Macho Man? Yeah, yeah, I know Macho Man. He's doing a rap album. The oh. funniest guy for oh, me... He, he hit that one guy in the head once. <laughs> he hit that one guy in the head once. <laughs> the funniest guy for me is the British guy that they bring on, who not only sounds totally out of place amongst the other really American uh, the other American voices, but whatever actor... I mean, I struggle to call him an actor, really. But whatever actor they got to do this... So he has three lines. I wrote all three of them down. I'm going to try and do them in my best English clipped accent. He says... <laughs> I hear he's going to be working on a rap CD and it's going to be hot, is one. <laughs> yeah. The next one is, Macho Man is real big overseas. He's the wrestling king, uh, is another. <laughs> and I saw him on the TV and wrestling match. Boy, did he kick that guy's butt. 
I saw him in a match. I saw him on the TV. On the, on the TV. <laughs> yeah, he's fucking awful, that guy. He's awful, 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 awful. But, you know, so the intro at least gives a little sets bit. It, up, it, it sets it up because it's like, oh, right, you think you, yeah. I know people are going to be dissing me and I know people are going to thinking that this is a terrible idea and yada, yada, yada. And that would only work if when track two, I'm back, came on, it, he proceeded to bowl us over with his incredible words and flow and rhythm. But instead, I'd say he he comes in sounding like, not sounding like, but I'd say his level of abilities probably matches say shifty shell shock in crazy town like he's just beneath average i would say (laughs) just below average in terms of rapping uh technique and and what he is doing Uh, on a lot of this record he sounds like someone who's doing a bad impersonation of James Hetfield and Phil Anselmo at the same time trying to rap. Basically. Yeah, that's 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 <laughs> that is probably basically but, what but it also like. rapping about the fact that he is back. A lot. Yeah, he's back. He's back and he's ready to kick butt. Um I mean So I mean the, the course people want to know if Macho's still in the ring. People want to know if Randy's doing his thing. <laughs> I'm not sure either of those things were true in 2003. Well, people I'm not sure. <laughs> I didn't think people were that fast. Everybody's talking. Want to know this and that? I mean, ran out already. Ran out of things. What are the What are the three things people really want to know about you, mate? Well, people still want to know if I'm in the ring. That's number one. They want to know if I'm still doing my thing. What's the third thing? Oh, this and that. <laughs> this and that. <laughs> so can you be more specific? Ooh, I actually can't. <laughs> I actually can't be more specific. Okay, everyone to know that everyone talking want to know this and that. So I'm telling you right now, Randy Savage is back. So he's he's back. He's back. Apparently, he's back. Yeah. But he's not really back, is he? Because he's not actually wrestling. No, nope. which is what he's known for. Mm-hmm. He's rapping, mm-hmm. which is not what he's known for at all. So no. he's back. He's back in a sense because he is back in the public eye. Yeah. But this isn't really a return, is it? This is doing something completely different. Yeah, 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 quite. It's like when Michael Jordan went and played baseball and he's like, yeah, I'm back. I'm back to playing baseball. Yes. Like, but you're a basketball player though, mate. <laughs> yes. No one thinks you're that. So, but hey, you know. It is um, full. It is full of those really hilarious rhyming couplets, isn't it? This album, like full of them. It is an absolute, like, Oh, there are so many hilarious. There's one on Let's Get It On. Ooh, yeah, you don't believe me. Bring it on, dude. I'd advise that you don't because I'm not in the mood. It's one of my favourites. There's so many. There's so many. So are you ready? Someone says, I don't think they are ready. And it's like... (laughs) I am. <laughs> yeah, we're ready. It's fine. It's not. You get some crap DMX back in some new metal guitar and hit the floor. We lose the guitar and we get some. It's been a bit new metal at this point, isn't it? Up yeah. Are you point, ready? Particularly, of... yeah. There's but... a little bit of. Yeah. There's a couple of songs on here that are a bit new metal. I mean, "Ooh, Are You Ready?" is four minutes and fifteen seconds long, and it's so repetitive because a lot of it is just yet. Yeah, "Ooh, Are You Ready?" Uh, over and over and over again, and it feels double the length. <laughs> it's really, but yes, definitely a bit of new metal inflections on that track. Yep. 
Yeah, and um, they hit the floor. So I fucking have to say, I do. I really like um, everyone being in the club by the sound of things. Everyone's in the club. Macho doesn't come in immediately. He's probably he's too busy ad-libbing. Like someone else is doing, someone else is rapping and he's just going like, oh yeah. It's, it's DJ Cool. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. DJ, DJ cool, cool, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then... He's um, probably the most talented person on this entire album. And he's, <laughs> yeah. he's all right. <laughs> yeah, he's all right. He's all right. He's all right. And, but Randy's just in the background just going, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dig it. Like all the way through. <laughs> and then there's like this weird... Like a sort of like a game to introduce each other because he just goes, "Say I say who I am," and everyone says something, and he goes, "Now say your name, now say where you come from, <laughs> now say your favorite TV show." Like what the fuck is going on here? And then he just goes, "Now scream!" And everyone goes, "Yeah!" <laughs> it's fucking rubbish. It's like, what are you doing, mate? Everyone gets to know everyone in the club. Everyone, say your name. Say where you come from. Say where you come from. You say like, scream your name. Say whoop whoop. Put your hands in the air. <laughs> say where you come from. They're obsessed. And this album actually, they are obsessed with where you are. There's yeah, they always like everyone in New York scream. Everyone in Delaware scream. <laughs> everyone in Chicago scream. Everyone in Turkey scream. <laughs> everyone. If you're on the East Coast or the West Coast or the North or the South or the Southeast, if you're in Plymouth, <laughs> scream. Give me a scream for me. <laughs> if you're in Taunton, scream. You're very specific. Brilliant. If you're, you know that um, the the that little sh- we used to be a little chef and now it's a Starbucks on the A34 <laughs> on the way to Salisbury between kind of Durrington and Salisbury Town. If you're there, <laughs> scream, everybody. <laughs> like what? Why, why are you being so specific about who should and shouldn't be screaming? <laughs> yes, quite. It's sad Very to think as well. Specific. Considering this album only sold 7,000 copies, if everyone who bought it in New York screamed, it'd be like... Um, we get to let's get it on Um, (laughs) let's get it on is very confused isn't it it is isn't it because at this point you realise he's going to go oh yeah in every song (laughs) every song literally every single song and the chorus doesn't fit it's like they fuck the chorus they stumble over the chorus it's like they stumble over the first chorus and they're like fuck well let's make it seem like that was on purpose they go everybody step back we're coming too strong so let's Get it on. Let's get it on. <laughs> because the beat's not syncopated, right? Because the, 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 the delivery of that is... And again, that's not actually Randy Savage doing it. That's some other no, it's bloke who's yeah. just been brought in. So let's get, get it on. What? Get, get it on. What? Don't forget the what's. What? Don't forget the, don't forget the what's. It is... Um, I think it's also confusing because I, I I can't really figure out if uh, Macho Man Randy Savage or whoever else is singing this hook. I can't work out if they want to fight this person or fuck them because you know he's talking about oh yeah we got the power back and we're ready to wreck with a force so deadly it'll snap your neck oh yeah we're about to put this thing in motion we'll hit you so hard you'll have a body convulsion oh yeah we've been kicking butt way too long so don't get us wrong because we're way too strong oh yeah anyone want to test the king ain't no thing just step in the ring and then he's like let's go baby come on 
Come on. I ain't going to worry, baby. I ain't going to push. Won't push, baby. So come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, baby. Stop beating around the bush. Let's get it on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You yeah. said two seconds ago you weren't going to push. Yeah. <laughs> like... I ain't going to worry about it. I'm not going to push. I'm not going to pressure you, but get your fucking tits out. No. Do it now. Like, just like, fiddling with his jeans. Don't worry. No pressure on a first day. No, as he fucking hammers his erection down with a mallet. Like, what the fuck? What the fuck? It's just weird calling the person he's trying to antagonise baby. It's just really weird. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I said, come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, baby. Stop beating around the bush. Yeah. So let's get it on. Uh, come on, baby. You've got to get it on. Hey, if the spirit moves you, let me groove you. Let your love come down. Come on, baby. Got to get it on. Oh, baby. I've been sanctified. <laughs> what? What the fuck is going on? Uh, wow. Ah, let, oh, let me groove you. Let me groove you. Ah, great. That it is proper mental. We get to remember me. We get some sort of TLC <laughs> ripoff doing the yeah. chorus. Yeah, 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 yeah. But she's saying that she's macho man, but she's not. No, that's she's going, very confusing. Remember, remember me. I'm the remember me. I'm the same old macho that I used to be. It's like <laughs> you're. Well, if that is macho man's voice. I mean, fair play. <laughs> even even Mike Patton can't change his voice from like, oh yeah, to fucking Beyonce. Like, not that this person is as good as Beyonce. No, 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 no. But fuck me. It's like, a, what? Why are you saying? <laughs> what? So, but, and then she gets bored at the end of this. She's going, same old matcha that I used to be. La 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 la. La 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 Remember me. Well, I still remember me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you'll remember me from back in the days. The wrestling OG, Randy Savage, don't play. Been chilling in the cup, but I'm back on the scene. I'm still kick your butt because I'm still real mean. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then someone else comes in over the top of it at the end and just goes, bibi dibi dib, boop, Like scatting over the top. Why you? Why this is? Why you think that makes it sound better? Yeah. It's like he just broke in and was like, I'm going to fucking ruin this song. Listen. It's like a fucking kid coming in. Mate, you sound like a fucking idiot. It's fucking terrible. Really bad. You want to talk about Tear It Up, obviously. This is Tear It Up. sounds like Randy Savage featuring Monster Truck. Tear It Up. Rock and roll here. I just love his kind of whether it's improv or not, his intro, his sort of spoken word intro where he says, like, well, it's, it's, it's over the music and he's kind of going, wow, I like this. A little hip hop mixed with a little bit of rock and roll. I'm ready to do this right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's rock, let's rock, let's roll, let's roll. <laughs> Just, that had me in absolute fits of giggles. Let's lose control. I forgot that bit. <laughs> yeah. I just, oh, I, here we go with a banger. The macho macho man and the microphone swinger. Yeah. 
One time, ladies, here we go. Get your hands in the air if you're ready for the show. From the floor to the ceiling. That's quite, you have long arms for that, haven't you? Surely. <laughs> DJ Cool rocked the whole damn building. Yeah. Everybody on the right, come on. Get your hands in the air if you're ready for tonight. Uh huh. <laughs> what about the people on the left? Take... What are the people on the left doing? They'll <laughs> get brought into it in a minute. If you ain't. If you ain't, take your dead body home. Get out of here. <laughs> Get out. Get out. If you're, if you're not going to put your hands on the floor and on the ceiling, get out. <laughs> Imagine. That's really not very inviting a party, that is it? No, no. It's not the best, no. Now, you can party by yourself or party all alone. I don't give a damn. <laughs> Just do what you did before. Doesn't even rhyme. Really aggressive. <laughs> What's he trying to say? It's <laughs> confusing. I really don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, Macho Man's verse is good as well, isn't it? Coming right back, actor. It's a Macho Man. DJ's in the club. Slam this jam. <laughs> I'm coming with the heat that's sizzling hot. When they drop this beat, it's blown up the spot. I told you before that I'm a tear it up and I'm going to tell you again, I'm about to kick some butt. Mm. So, you know, that's what he's known for. So you don't, so don't sleep. I'm constantly dropping a bomb. Like on your CD ROM, it's macho man.com. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh, that is dated. That's dated pretty oh. badly. Yeah, it really has. I feel bad for going uh, in on uh, Bring Me the Horizon for using uh, on the gram now. That is what will happen. That is your future, Bring Me the Horizon. <laughs> yeah, that is exactly. your future. You're going to sound like Macho Man Randy Savage talking about a CD-ROM. CD-ROM. <laughs> CD-ROM. Awful. Amazing. So that is quite a bad song as well, but hilarious. Speaking um, of hilarious, macho thing. <laughs> macho thing is like a fucking 8-bit Justin Timberlake shit. Come on, baby. I want to be your lady. So says some girl at the start. Come macho on, baby. In. I want to be your lady. You drive me crazy. It's that kind of like soft R&B sort of sub Destiny's Child. You said TLC earlier. That's pretty better. Did, yeah. yeah, that's that, that kind of delivery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it, that, this is Aja. This is the Aja, the, the twin. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Chilling at the club, work hard, play hard. That's the slow gun. Slow <laughs> gun. <laughs> that's the slow gun. That's what he says. Yeah. Slogan. It's not, not slogan. Slow gun. slow gun. He's going to put it down. Everyone has their hands in the air and no one is going to hit the wall. This song is just about some lady trying to fuck Macho Man. Yes, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shaking her stuff like it's the end of the world, he says as well. <laughs> They've got blonde hair and they're looking lovely. They want to chill because we're popping bubbly. <laughs> <laughs> They've got blonde hair and they're looking <laughs> lovely. But, yeah, so that's but like what it's... your granddad, what your granddad would say to you, like when you met, you got your first girlfriend, you brought them to meet your grandparents. She's got blonde hair and she's looking lovely, Stephen Hillboy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, she just wants to chill because I've been popping bubbly. That's the reason. But you've got to remember the way it's delivered because it's, and we don't mind because they're looking lovely. They want to chill because we're popping bubbly. You know, it's done in that like really aggressive way. 
it's just it's it's so funny i mean this whole thing is really funny but when he's trying to be sexy or (laughs) or when he's talking or sensitive when he's talking about the ladies i mean there is another moment on the record where he's trying to be sensitive which is you know uh, one way to get onto that but it's when he's talking about the ladies and how like they're all into him in this really kind of way it is it's just it's jaw-droppingly hilarious it's brilliant It, it really is it really is but we have reached the piece de la resistance mm, of this album the possibly. title track be a, be a man the hulk hogan diss track slagging him off for doing phone commercials <laughs> you're advertising slim jims mate randy savage was the face of fucking slim jims was he <laughs> oh, okay i didn't know that yes so like do you know what i mean i mean you know snap it to a slim jim oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> like and then you only get hulk hogan because he was on phone commercials yeah unbelievable yeah. so um Yes, this is uh, this is the, the, the fucking Hulk Hogan diss track, and which starts is, with "Hot diggity damn Hulk, hot diggity damn Hulk." I'm glad you set it off. Like he's like he's in a fucking Looney Tunes cartoon. Yeah. Hot uh, diggity damn. Has any di- has any diss track ever started with the words "hot diggity damn" before? I'm not sure. I love I love that there's a point where he goes. He says he called him out at a charity event, and Hulk Hogan wouldn't fight him at a charity event. Yeah. Now to me, it seems quite professional. Do you know what I mean? You know, <laughs> oh, we're at a charity event. I'm gonna, should we go outside and have a fight? <laughs> no. Are oh, you pussy? No. I'm just being professional, actually. Slagged off his acting skills. Uh, uh, Says he was in Spider-Man, as if his appearance in the film was... He's kind of taking the success of Spider-Man on on his back. Is it? yes, I was the person that made Spider-Man successful. Well, he says, says, your movie straight to video, the box office can't stand while I got myself a feature role in (laughs) Spider-Man. It's a cameo. <laughs> it's a fucking cameo. It's a cameo. I, yeah. I reckon he's on screen in Spider Man for thirty seconds, a minute maximum. I reckon it's not yeah. a feature role. Well, I mean, I mean, it's a it's a role in a feature film. So I suppose from that perspective, it's a feature role. But come on, <laughs> and I mean, just a brief brief um, sidestep into Hulk Hogan's filmography: Suburban Commando, one of the yeah. weirdest. <laughs> fucked up sci-fi films ever did you mr nanny where he was uh i mean you know like the rock has had you know a far more successful career the rock is the many uh, he's was the highest paid actor in hollywood for a long time yeah 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 i mean the rock has has, has become a sensation and and, you know i certainly the rock's better than hulk hogan but that role's like because didn't the rock do a film i want to say it's like the pacifier or something like that which was effectively mr nanny redone so mr nanny was just no, that was vin diesel oh no you're right i'm sure the rock has done one of those roles where tooth fairy there we go where he's where he's effectively you know charged with looking after a couple of kids and the kids give him the runaround kind of thing i mean Mm -hmm. you know it's an old stable it's been done multiple times and it's with varying results um i mean I'm sure if I watched Mr. Nanny now, I'd be like, this is fucking terrible. I enjoyed it at the time when I was nine. Um, but yeah. Have you ever seen No Holds Barred? That's the first Hulk Hogan. Well, oh, Rocky. Hulk Hogan's in Rocky 3. Of course he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, I yeah, mean, yeah. you know, yeah. that's probably bigger than Spider-Man, I would suggest. Oh, uh, 
don't the know. first Toby Maguire. Well, I don't know. Yeah, it's around the same, know. though, isn't it? He's certainly in it for longer than... He's in it for longer than... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that feels like more than a cameo in Rocky Three. You know, it's not a massive role, but it's more than a cameo. And No Holds Barred, it was his first kind of lead role. I don't know if you've ever seen that, where he plays No, it doesn't really No Holds Barred is the movie equivalent of this album. In fact, I think this album is better than No Holds Barred. Oh, wow. Okay. No Holds Barred is fucking (laughs) dreadful. It is absolutely, like mind-warpingly dreadful right but anyway but it is there's some unbelievable shit lyrically hollywood hulkster um, you're at the end of your rope and i'm gonna kick you in the butt and wash your mouth out with soap it's <laughs> one of my favorites <laughs> you try to ignore me think i'll go away but i'm a keep on messing with you do day after day and once you step to macho you're through the jokes on you so hulk what you're gonna do probably nothing because you're a real big punk you called up my dad on the phone, man. Use a chump. <laughs> like, did that happen? Did it? Did that happen? I don't know. And why are you so angry I mean, about would... that? <laughs> don't call my dad. How dare you call my dad? You better not phone my dad. <laughs> did he prank call his dad? <laughs> Maybe that was it. Maybe he prank called him. I don't know. <laughs> wow. Is that hey brother is that Metro <laughs> man ready savage's dad brother <laughs> it's a holster fuck you <laughs> and then hung up doesn't seem like something <laughs> Hulk Hogan would do why anyone would do it's weird why's he got your dad's phone number <laughs> your dad should be ex-directory if you don't want people calling him <laughs> quite <laughs> ex-directory He's so bad at rapping. I mean, saying the thing is, he's so bad at rapping that telling anyone that they're bad at anything feels yeah. a little bit hypocritical. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. He's and not. He's not the worst I've heard, but he's not he's very not good. Great, is he? No. And the bloke doing the hook says Hogan's running scared, and when he says scared, he says scared, and he says scared. Hogan's running scared, and he sounds like Scylla Black. In blind date. He says scared because the rhyme is you're running from macho. That's what I heard. So be a man, Hulk. Come on, don't be scared. You're running from macho. That's what I heard. Be a man, Hulk. Be a man, Hulk. Be a man, Hulk. I'm going to get you, Hogan. Be a man, Hulk. Hogan, yeah. It's fucking brilliant. But that guy saying scared, he does. He sounds like fucking... Silla Black on Blind Date going, let's go over to our Graham and see who's who Hulk is scared he, le- he legit hates Hulk Hogan, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah I mean, clearly. he really, everything else in this whole album, I'm like, I don't know what's going on here. You just Are you going to body slam someone? Are you going to fuck them? Or are you just going to tell them that you're back? I'm not really sure what's going on here. Well, at least this song is clear. Yeah, there's a clear it cut is. through line of what is happening. He don't like Hulk Hogan. Uh, he, ooh, yeah, that was delivered weirdly but he does not like Hulk Hogan basically that is the, he does, the... that is what you would take away from yes. uh, from this yeah um, I think it kind of I think it kind of does drop off a little bit uh, after that piece of brilliance with uh, Get Back which is just another one saying he wants to beat someone up it does it does I mean I was I think yes up to this point I was uh, just absolutely cracking up with laughter. I thought it was, um, you know, brilliant in the way that the room is brilliant or something like that. But it gets a little bit repetitive. We're around half an hour into the 45-minute record and it starts to get a little repetitive for a couple of tracks, I would say. Um, For me, 
it then comes back. He he enjoys it by going, oh, yeah, match about Randy Savage. Back at you once again. And you're like, yeah, once again. (laughs) Warning all your punks to to get back. (laughs) Get back. Yeah, he likes he likes getting back, doesn't he? Um, for me, it was what's that all about, Pretty Lady? That brought me back uh, onto the record, which is a couple of tracks yeah. later. Yeah, wow, yeah. wow, uh, wee. Well, I mean, I, I was going to talk about "Feel the Madness," okay. which is a kind of "Feel the Madness," which yeah. sounds like the Insane Clown Posse, yes, uh, and Spineshank doing a song together. It's a pure new metal banger. Throw it, your hands up again. Always, always throw your always, hands up. I think always we should make sure you always throw your hands up. Hands up. Mm, mm. The chorus is wild, man. It's like it's proper. Like I'm mad. I am, aren't I? I'm mad. Like people <laughs> poking their tongues out and turning their head slightly that new metal head tilt is definitely going on there when you um, ask who's the big wolf you know who's the baddest put your hands up come on feel the madness steve i mean yeah it's, it's new, obvious. this is the one isn't new york la feel the madness everybody worldwide feel the madness <laughs> that's glad it that yes. new york and la got to do that before the rest of the world <laughs> yeah. a nice little treat for those people but it sounds like something from that second self-titled corn album yeah <laughs> I mean, Korn released an album and it was like all pop artists and people, is, the, the, the Swedish songwriters and stuff. That is very like, harsh on that Korn a... album. <laughs> but yeah, fine. It's actually, it is. It would be like a B-side from that album. Um, but yeah, let's, I mean, it's, it's just a stupid song. Let's get on to what it's all about, which is a little, little New Jack shuffle. Little love, flop, little love song. And then yeah. Matcha Man comes in and we hear this sultry side of Matcha Man <laughs> Randy Savage, which is something that I'd never heard before. No. It's just a fucking hip-hop ballad about loving a girl fronted by former intercontinental champion Matcha Man Randy Savage. That's what this is, isn't it? That's actually what this is. This is wild. What is going on here, M3? How did this happen? I want to keep you happy, not just financially, <laughs> but spiritually and mentally. Mate. Physically, romantically. <laughs> <laughs> you pretend to beat people up for a living, mate. Yeah. What kind of spiritual advice can you offer anybody? <laughs> I love, I love, even when we fight, I know we're going to work it out because the last thing I want to do is scream and shout. You're a wrestler, mate. <laughs> like, why, why are you so against screaming and shouting? It's oh, uh, it's absolutely amazing. This song, it's amazing. The um, oh man, uh, I know it's funny because I'm usually slamming cats, elbow off the rope in a wrestling match. But you see, you bring out another side of me. You got my trust to the, for life, but you never lie to me. Whatever you need, I'll make it possible and do it. And no matter the obstacle, we'll get through it. It's so fucking cheesy. Yeah, it is cheesy cheesy. as fuck. I mean, it's hilarious. It's yeah, it's fucking brilliant. It's one of the most enjoyable moments on the record. Easily, easily. Uh, Gonna be trouble is the second to last song. You should never have messed with the Macho Man Randy Savage. You're in trouble. (laughs) You're in trouble now. campest way imaginable it's actually the campusest record gets your he's like oh you naughty you're in trouble <laughs> you mess with the macho man randy savage just another song about how he would like to beat someone up even though he hasn't actually done very much wrestling over the last few years yeah, yeah. and um we end with my perfect friend which is the one dedicated to kurt hennig aka mr perfect this is 
the most serious one. It's got a little bit of. I mean, we were doing the Bloodhound Gang last week, mm. and this has got like when the Bloodhound Gang did their sort of eighties pop thing, they probably had something like this in mind. I would, I would, I would say it's really nice that he wanted to do this song to one of his friends. The sentiment but is the, lovely. The sentiment the is lyric, lovely. Yeah, mm. but the lyrics and the delivery mm. are so bad, so fucking bad. I mean, the yeah. guy harmonising over the top, um, <laughs> doing the kind of Justin Timberlake harmonise. You're my perfect friend, been there to the <laughs> end. Mr. Perfect, you're the best thing that I've ever seen. Like that guy going, oh. And when he's like, you're one of the best. <laughs> this, this, you're one of the best, very high on my list. Not just in that ring, but out of the ring, you're dearly missed. It doesn't really rhyme. No. No. Like, like, bless him. Bless him for all of this. It's, it's this. Diff- like, the, his heart is in the right place, but his abilities are not. It's, it, uh, it, like I said, it's a lovely sentiment, but it it's really, like... It's really it's it it reminds me of like a love note I would have written to a girl I fancied when I was thirteen, you know, or something like that. Like in its in its cringeworthiness, it's really, uh, it's yeah, yeah. It, it, I think it's I think it's proof that just because someone is being, uh, just because someone is speaking from the heart doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be good. That's true. That's true. I mean, this is not good. No, it's not. <laughs> at all. It's not. Lovely sentiment, but lovely sentiment. I mean, I don't know why that guy. I mean, this is this is that this is um, primary colours who are on it doing right. the kind of chorusy bits, and you know when 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 Randy's going. You know, um, rest in history because you're all about perfection. It's not a mystery. The resting was the right selection, <laughs> and they're going selection, <laughs> selection, yeah. doing yeah. all that shit in the background. Yeah, and you're like, yeah. lads, yeah. Yeah. shut the fuck up. Yeah. Like it's bad enough that <laughs> yeah. Randy's struggling to really sort of sentiently convey his emotions about how much this guy meant to him. But well, it, it makes being makes... up and missing you it's bad. It makes an already cheesy song ten times cheesier, like mm-hmm. as if it wasn't cheesy enough. Uh, it just makes it really, really cheesy. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Was it? Can't explain the pain. Never felt like this, Mr. Perfect. Don't you know the job is truly missed? <laughs> oh man! One thing I will say. One thing I will say. I think the hook. Um, well, look, I'm not going to sit here and go, oh, the hook's really good. I was singing it for a good 20 minutes after the, after the album finished. So from that perspective, it's a good hook. Um, but but that's it, really. It's the best hook on the album. Well. I, was, I had to put Slam Jam on again just to get it out of my head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, I, I ended mean, up, yeah. I ended up putting on one of the albums that were covering for albums of the year on to get it out of my head. But yeah, even then, I was kind of still had it in my head for a little while. I, I actually think from that perspective, the hook on this song might be the best thing on the entire record, <laughs> arguably, yeah, which is such an insane thing to say. 
Um, but it, you know, it's definitely catchy. And there's, mm. uh, you know, that kind of um, Michael Jackson thing that they're going for. You know, they don't get it spot on, but it's not a billion million miles away. I mean, oh God, I don't know. It's, it's not. It's just, quite far away. Yeah, it's quite from far Michael Jackson. Away. Yeah, I mean, just to pull you up on that, Rimfrey. <laughs> It's quite far it is, away. It is yes. quite far away. If, if, you, if you haven't heard this record and you're going, well, apparently the last songs are quite close to Michael Jackson. <laughs> no, that is no, not no, accurate. No, no. You that have slightly twisted my words there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, it's, 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 it's not. I thought the hook was quite good. I was looking for something positive to say. Yeah. Um, this album is absolutely hilarious. Yes. Yeah. It's it fucking is hilarious. fucking hilarious hilarious and i don't think we've done it justice of just how hilarious it is because not at all. I, I this is one of those ones where you you kind of have to hear it you have to hear how really fucking hysterically hilarious this record is yeah there's only i mean uh, tragically if if one wanted to own a copy of this record uh you'd have to spend a lot of money um there aren't any for sale right now on discogs uh it was last sold on the 13th of may 2021 the lowest it's ever been sold for is 18.99 Ooh. i'd pay, pay 18.99 for this would you well you've got more money than me uh the <laughs> highest is 49 pound 39 Still, oh, still not what I mean. Wow. Still, still half what half someone paid for that stack. <laughs> and the me- and the median is thirty four pound twenty, suggesting that it's only been sold a couple of times. Mm. Uh, on so, if you want a physical copy, uh, sadly, no vinyl. Uh, probably on. Well, that's it. I would want it on vinyl. <laughs> <laughs> I would want a, a. So I suppose two. We're only two years away from what I assume we'll get a twentieth anniversary vinyl reissue of this. <laughs> fingers crossed fingers crossed yeah so basically basically the only way someone some uh, enterprising a... young scamp has loaded it up onto youtube because it's not even on streaming services either which you probably no i it's on apple music I listen oh to is it, it? Apple music. Oh, okay yeah okay, okay i want a metallica blacklist style um <laughs> uh, bonus album to come with it where loads of artists cover the songs from it i yeah. want to hear i want to hear fucking Kamazi Washington and Idols doing my perfect friend and be a man Hogan. I would like I would like to hear twelve different versions of Macho Thang. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Biffy Clyro doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Even Biffy Clyro would struggle to get something out of that song. Oh well, look, I I know I know Mike Van Art listens to this on the reg. So and Mike obviously is part of uh, a part of the Biffy touring lineup. So if you can suggest it to Simon and Ben and james that they cover macho thang i think you'd make a lot of people happy do a ballad of be a man be a man hogan (laughs) (laughs) simon neil's lovely lilting lovely lilting scottish lilt yeah lovely lilting scottish lilt there we go uh yes yeah that'd be wicked i mean you know if if you're not busy i think they are quite busy at the moment uh but (laughs) just a suggestion (laughs) i can't believe hogan would go out like that (laughs) be a man hogan be a man, be a man, Hogan, or oh, Hogan's a chump, be a man, like acoustic, get down, we're not going to do machines tonight, we're going to do, we're going to fuck off mountains, we've got something special for you. Amazing, oh, make it happen, make it happen, be great. 
Let's go to that. Living is a problem. Everyone. Dun, 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 dun. Be a man, Hogan. I can't believe. Anyway, I'm not going to do the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, this album is fucking hilarious. Yes. Yeah. Really, really funny. Go and listen to it. You should pay the 49 quid. I mean, I, I would just go onto YouTube and listen to it. Or to go, on to just go on to YouTube. Just go onto YouTube. Go onto YouTube. Have a little listen to the record because it is really fucking funny. I think. I think. I mean, I've already mentioned Corey Feldman. Um, there is a sort of Corey Feldman sense to this, mixed with D.D. King. I think, mm. and actually, in many ways, I think this album does lie between those two records Corey Feldman D.D. King because many times on the album I found myself warming to Randy Savage because there's there's like he just you know uh, there were points where I got a little bit bored and I found it a little bit repetitive and stuff like that but I laughed so much listening to this album I know there's a kind of like thin line between whether I was laughing with or at I'm you know not quite Mm. sure a lot of the time um but I also felt a lot of warmth to him as well. Do you know what I really like about this record? It's a really macho, you know, album that's very cussy a lot and dissy, but he doesn't swear on it at all. And that no. kind of makes it... There's one bit where he, he goes to... He said, like, hit in the previous line, because you're full of shh. And, and Burton doesn't actually, like, say... And, and I kind of... It kind of makes it funnier that it's not it's more creative and it's funnier in a weird way that he's not swearing because it's like a pg rap album well, yeah i mean he's from that you know pg era of, of course WWF, and it was yeah a big old cartoon character stuff but I so, actually, yeah it makes sense i actually not only do i think it makes it funnier because he's kind of <laughs> it's like he's kind of like, like rather than saying oh fuck when you stubbed your toe it's like oh christmas you know, or whatever. Mm. <laughs> you know it's got that charm to it almost um i suppose what i'm trying to say is because i mean this album is objectively bad it's mm-hmm. objectively broken mm-hmm. and it's objectively a terrible idea but i got so much i got a lot of joy from it at the same time yeah, so too. so for me i'm kind of like i am completely and utterly confused bemused i don't know where we're gonna put it at all i don't have a fucking clue or i i think it's going to be between Corey feldman and dd king but Corey feldman is currently at number 10 and dd king's at 52 so <laughs> stuff in the middle of it we're like it can't go with that yeah, but but anyway, yeah but it should, it should but you're be. getting ahead of yourself because yes. we need to oh, wrap up randy savage's life Apologies, yeah, it yeah, was yeah. claimed by savage himself that there was going to be more albums um to follow this one and that the follow-up one was actually ready no. Even before this one was released. But, you know, when you're an artist, obviously you can't watch <laughs> these things. And we never did get a, a follow-up record. Randy Savage wrestled his final match after he joined TNA Wrestling in December 2004. Did a few months with that. And then um, he quit wrestling, did a few more acting things over the years. Actually got a fairly alright CV as an actor. In 2010, he married his childhood sweetheart, Barbara Lynn Payne. And then sadly passed away in 2011 from a heart attack at the age of 58, which is, you know, what happened to many, many, many of those wrestlers from that era, you know. Because um, of the, the sheer uh, intense 
things they put their bodies through and all that sort of thing and he uh, had and the, and the drugs and the alcohol and the steroids yeah, and yeah. that stuff as well yeah and he had underlying heart issues and he wasn't aware of it and he was driving with his wife when he had a heart attack is that right mm. you know i mean that's that's awful like there's nothing remotely funny about that and and yeah i'm 58 it's no you know no 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 age to die so yeah yeah very very sad poor randy savage um and you know he was uh he was great randy you know he was he's one of the most recognizable faces of that era for that thing so you know i i can like i said before i can understand why people aren't jokey in the same way as they are with crazy frog or mr blobby about this album having said that it's probably funnier than both of them yes i think i'd probably agree with that and i'll chuck this in as well i didn't have a strong opinion one way or the other about macho man randy savage before this album and like i say because you know the, like it's not a good album but there were so many things that made me laugh that i have really really warmed to him as a character as a mm. person and and i do understand why people are like i do understand why people took him to their hearts and especially with his with his uh passing so young so yeah there is an element you know it it's not um I mean, there's no way we could have talked about this record and not brought up some of the hilariously bad elements of it. But yeah, he seemed he seemed like a decent guy by all accounts. I I watched some of his promos because, like I say, the promos to me are more interesting than the actual wrestling because I like the drama of it without actually particularly being interested in the wrestling. And some of his promos were fucking. fucking hilarious he's just so weird and not weird like the ultimate warrior was weird and you just went what 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 where's randy savage bring on little cups of cream to mean gene oakland gene oakland the cream will always rise to the top yeah the cream will rise gene oakland yeah and hulk hogan yeah ricky steamboat yeah the cream will rise yeah the cream's gonna rise yeah it's fucking mad shit mad coked up weird shit like bringing a bin he brings a bin (laughs) into an interview and hides it underneath his cape and then gets it out and says he's going to put Tito Santana in the bin (laughs) to mean Gene Oakland (laughs) will you be serious actually that's uh, that's Gorilla Monsoon put that cigarette out that's uh, Gene Oakland (laughs) (laughs) alright you're referencing a lot of stuff which is going over my head but it sounds very colourful Will you be serious? Um, okay, so yes, we have to rank this. Yes. I mean, I have to say, my initial thing was like, you know, we do have, you mentioned Dee Dee King and William Shatner next to each other. Um, I think both of those records are really quite similar to this. I think there's a little bit more knowing um, yes. than William Shatner. Yes. Yeah. Not sure there is so much with Dee Dee King, who is... Probably a worse rapper than Magic Man Randy Savage. Yeah, but DD we just but we just warmed to DD King so much, and I have warmed to Magic Man Randy Savage, but not as much. Like DD King, I want to give a cuddle and take him home and give him some biscuits and give him a nice yeah. cup of tea. I I don't particular. I I I I I'd cuddle Macho Man Randy Savage from a distance if such a thing were possible. <laughs> Right. which i don't like think mr. it is mr tickle <laughs> mr tickle 
Yeah. If I were Mr. Tickle, I, I, Tickle, I would cover. I would cuddle him. Yes, yes. Yeah. I don't. Now, I, I don't really want to cuddle him at all, to be totally honest. But you are right. This record is pretty rubbish. All the it same. Is, it is. Bad, I mean, yeah. yes, you're right. Corey Feldman's Angelic to the Core and D.D. King. I mean, I think this is probably just about better. But I do prefer D.D. King because it is like really funny and it's early rap as well you know this is that was 30 years prior yes. to this record coming yes. out or 20 years prior to this record coming out so didn't get bored in- didn't get bored during dd king either and um mm-hmm. and this album does get pretty repetitive towards the end i mean i i unreservedly uh suggest that every single person listening to this go to the youtube link and and listen to it i'll put it in the episode description mm-hmm. um because it is hilarious and you'll have a great time with it but it does it runs out of steam a little bit around we were sort of track 10 and 11 and brings it back for the last couple but yeah it got a little bit repetitive and dull towards the end which i don't think uh standing in the spotlight by dd king does because it's like 30 minutes isn't it mm. so yes no you're right actually this is about 47 minutes long <laughs> it's recorded mm-hmm. mad i am looking and there's stuff here that i just have no because it's not it's bad this and it's but it's and it's funny i mean when we talk about cory feldman the thing about cory feldman is it is so mind-bogglingly bad i don't think this is like mind-bogglingly what no. on earth are you doing bad it is just like oh matcha man you can't rap and yeah there's a lot more it, wtf yeah. to cory feldman isn't there there's a lot yeah, we're like, just what? like what the fuck yes so yeah, i think we should yeah. just scratch for me post cory feldman Cut the crap is a disgrace. Hard to swallow is a terrible, horrible cash in. Blood, sweat, and towers is a is a nasty band. Six feet under is embarrassing. Eogan is like child abuse. Sergeant Pepper's is a ridiculous waste of money. Mister Blobby, the album is much more of a cash in than this. I think. Yeah. Yep. Richard Ashcroft, United Nations of Sound is the most puffed up nonsense you'll ever hear. Yeah. Queen and Paul Rogers is sad. Louis the Fourteenth is gross um fear of dead man is gross chamber music is just is, is very bad chamber music super collider one more light generation swine bad just really bad bad records from people do you, who do you think should know a little bit better you know an, another thing that's just occurred to me just as you were reading through that list as well um there isn't like there are questionable lines with ladies and stuff and all that sort of thing but there's i wouldn't say any of it is misogyny a lot of it is just like oh mate (laughs) like i mean that line that line about um hey we can go at your pace as long as your pace is the time it takes me to for my trousers to hit (laughs) (laughs) but it's not outright like misogynistic and shitty in the way that louis the 14th is or theory Mm. of a dead man or or anything like that And, and and like I mean, I, I, I wouldn't go around saying some of the things that he says on this album, but it is more of a like, oh, you mm. silly boy, <laughs> more more yeah. than a you're a misogynistic prick. You know, I, I don't believe yeah. there's any misogynism in this album. I just think it's no. questionable. <laughs> I think Christmas in the Stars is much more mental than this and mm. probably like thematically is even more confused than this. I was just looking at Christmas in the Stars though because there are similarities aren't there in terms of what the fuck are you doing <laughs> there is but I think 
In terms of what is delivered, Macho Man Randy Savage is going to do a rap album. And for the most part, as That's ridiculous what he does. as it is, yeah. he does do a rap he album. He does do that. I don't know what anyone was thinking with Christmas in the Stars. And I don't no. think they do either. No. Hence why I would probably just tip it above Christmas in the Stars. I um, would too. And I think, I think Christmas in the Stars is way more cash in. I mean, that is... That's arguably the most cash-in album on the entire it list. It is, yeah. Yeah, possibly. Wow, Crazy so, Frog as well. Um, I, th- I got... mean, Star Wars was a bigger phenomenon than Crazy Frog, hence I think it was a bigger cash-in. So Yeah, you might be right, yeah. And then we get the boring ones. Viva Brother, Razorlight, Puddle of Mud, Bloodhound Gang, Dirty Vegas, Enemy, Pigeon Detectives, Lenny Kravitz, Emerson, Lake and Palmer, and... I mean, this album is worse than all of them, isn't it? It is worse than all of them, but I would rather listen to it than any of them. It's worse than all of them, but it's more enjoyable than all of them. Yeah. 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 And actually, I would feel quite bad putting it above any of those records, personally, because I got... I I laughed my fucking tits off listening to this record. It was was so funny, you know, And, and it is awful, but it is really funny <laughs> really we, funny yeah and then i mean it's creeping up this isn't it, it is, black yeah. flag what the get to what fuck the it it's the best black album flag. of all time it's the best yeah, album. Get, get to what get to what the by black flag and i'm like even that i mean that's kind yeah. of a, offensive because black flag was such a beloved band and you shat that out with you know as bad as Matthew Randy Savage is, like they, I think he cares about this record. I, I don't do, think anyone yeah. with Black Flag thinks he cares. And yeah. this is Renfrey. This is where it sticks in my throat. Songs of Innocence by U2. That is a boring record. Yeah, it's very boring. Can I put Macho Man Randy Savage above U2? <laughs> well, I'd rather go back to Macho Man Randy Savage than U2. Personally. I think I would as well. Yeah. I think I would now. Now I'm going to... And I think... Okay, here's where I'm going to bulk. Because, okay, Songs of Innocence. We then get to American Life by Madonna. Mm-hmm. Which is a pretty bad record. Pretty bad record, yeah. Some bad rapping on that. Yeah. Yes. I would say similarly bad rapping. Interesting bedfellows. Randy uh, Randy Savage and Madonna, in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um I think there is a is couple Madonna of things. Madonna a worse rapper than Randy Savage? I think she, on the evidence of that album, evidence, she, she might, might be. be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's astonishing, isn't it? Isn't that astonishing? Yeah, you know, wow. I drink my cafe latte and I did that crap. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah, but what I would say is there is a kernel of something vaguely half decent somewhere in that Madonna record. And I mm-hmm. don't think there's anything really other than the hook to Mr. Perfect Girl, the best man there. Apart from that, which I don't think that's enough. I feel that maybe there's stuff on American Life, which is actually all right. There's stuff on a Maguma, which is actually all right. There's a song or two on Results of Vary by Limp yeah. Biscuit, Trey by, by Green Day. One or two primitive cool deserves, black yeah. and white ray you know black and white ray was van halen songs are just too long they're not actually that bad they're just too long melodia by the vines not a great record but yeah. just kind of like yeah. not not terrible cute is what we aim for just a pop punk album yeah. Yeah. tin machine decent enough fisher spooner number one the weirdest by the stooges neon twang 
baby woman and then yeah. we get to William Shatner yeah yeah. and yeah, actually yeah. I think it's not good enough to be next to William Shatner no I agree I agree uh, and I think all of those other albums there is at least something in all those other albums where you go this isn't a comp- you know it's for, for, for people for artists as big as Madonna and Pink Floyd and Green Day and Mick Jagger you know and David Bowie this is not good and you shouldn't be applauded for it but you know, you can at least see there's a there is a that little bit of glut, a little bit of class. I mean, I do yes. think even even Songs of Innocence, which is you know my fucking favourite band, but I do think that this album is probably a little bit better than you know what is maybe the worst ever U two album. Um, I think that's great. I, I think that's a really good, yeah. You've you've convinced me. Uh, uh, I think that's a really good argument. Definitely. Look at that would be number I'm... that would be number thirty seven on our list. Just to to, for, to keep people abreast of where things are on the list and where they're look at bloody matter man randy savage in between <laughs> you two <laughs> it's where he always wanted to be maybe yeah. i don't know if that's true I, to be honest i mean you know that's fucking mental but there we are i'm picking another one out the hat i've got about nine in my hand room free because oh my hands are cold so that's gonna be too give, many give give me a second okay and i'll pull one out Oh, okay. Attila by Attila. <sighs> okay. Now, this is not Attila as in Franz from Attila. I know that much. This is another band from the 60s called Attila. Oh. The original Attila. I believe it's Billy Joel. Billy Joel's heavy metal project, apparently. No. Oh, am I making that? Am I making that up? I feel like I might be making that up. We can Google it as we go, but... Uh, Attila band. I mean, when I Google Attila band, nineteen seventy self-titled album, Billy Joel, uh, yeah. American rock band. Metal might be a little OTT, but yes, mm-hmm. it's a, oh, progressive rock, hard rock, heavy metal. No, maybe not. No, it doesn't. It seems like you are. Yes, yeah. So there you go, Attila. By Attila is what we're going to be covering next week, which feels like it'll be slightly more serious than this. Yeah, but oh, so. I guess we'll see. We're talking about Billy. We've never really spoken about Billy Joel before. That'll no. be interesting. Anyway, thanks very much for listening. And um, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. We'll be back next week. And uh, I'm trying to think of a good Macho Man phrase to go out on. But, um, um, ooh, ooh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> ooh, yeah, <isn't> it? <laughs> Will you stop? <laughs>